another re-release from Cash Grab Cinema. This is back when we were that other name. They're dead now. Ooh, so nice to go into the archives. Am I right, Rachel? Gosh, the words you were saying make me feel terrible inside. <laughs> this is a Twilight episode. Sparkly vampires. That's how you know they're sexy and deadly. Mm. Glitter is the most deadly of craft tool. Yeah, if you find yourself in the Pacific Northwest and there's someone who's really, really pale and they're shimmering, they're either a vampire or addicted to meth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was that was Josh, everyone. I don't think that way about the Pacific Northwest, if I can't even say it correctly. Pacific Northwest. Can we have some Pascetti? Listen, how dare you? How dare you? If you've caught this episode near to the new release date, then you should head over to Twitter at Cash Grab Cinema or Instagram at Cash Grab Cinema, where we are doing two different Twilight themed giveaways. That's correct, ladies and gentlemen. We have two amazing items up for grabs. These are Twilight gems. Yeah. So head on over there, get all the rules, and be sure to enter that giveaway. Because it is not going to be up there forever. Unlike this new re-released episode. (laughs) Enjoy. Welcome back to Cash Grab Cinema. The podcast that one reviewer describes as not as funny without Trey. That's very, true. very true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It doesn't even cut. It's just facts. Yeah. He's not here, by the way, if you want to go ahead and sign off. Yeah. <laughs> we would understand. Yeah. We, we got a cat and Trey has an allergy, so we have to... Get rid of the cat. Well, yeah. We're going to have to... It'll be... Well, we can't do it right away. We're talking to a guy who is interested in ritual sacrifice. Mm. So... Well, really, we want our kid to form a much closer bond <laughs> before... Taking the cat out, old yeller style. Yeah, it's not going to teach him any life lessons Mm-mm. if he doesn't, if he's not absolutely destroyed by this. Yeah, I want him to be sadder than when he found out the Mars rover saying happy birthday to itself. <laughs> We've been gone, and I want to say like, oh, reasons and excuses that are really legit. They ain't there. Well, I can't speak for Rachel, but I've been um, backpacking through Eastern Europe. When? Um, Show me some photos. And Let me see that Instagram feed. Really trying He's to lying. find myself. Um, In the dumpster. Went really on a spiritual journey, I guess you would say. Mm. Um, just just the, the whole time, the only thing that was in my mind was delivering a better podcast for you the devoted potboiler cinema listener. So thank you, and you're welcome. You know what? I've decided this is me and Trey. <laughs> we're just going to cancel this re- re- recording. See you next week. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's what the people want, or at least that one reviewer. <laughs> it's true. So Rachel, what film are we, you know... Are- well... Funny you should ask that as I cut you off before you finish talking. Did you know that we are up and coming on the 10-year anniversary of Twilight the movie? Wow, 10 years. 10 years. What a what a turbulent decade it's been. 
Let's, it sounds even longer when you say it like that. <laughs> it has. It's been a decade. You know, it's weird, though. It hasn't felt like a decade. It's felt mm-hmm. like easily 25 years. You know what I mean? Or five weeks. That's my... <laughs> this movie's timeless. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's like... It's like... It's it's vampiric in its, um, in its staying power. Yeah, it seems like it's... When you told me it, w- it were coming up on the 10-year anniversary, I was surprised that more time hadn't elapsed since mm-hmm. this film came out but i think because i remember it as looking really dated right that's the blue watch you're talking about right, this yeah. movie grossed 393 million dollars worldwide the year it came out the number one selling dvd in 2009 let that sink in <laughs> it only cost like 30 million to make was that the same year as the departed and the departed came out around that time i am unsure if you hear noises that are, you know, you just can't decipher quite what it is, that's the cat. <laughs> Rubbing it in Trey's face that he's not here. Not only can he not be here tonight, but we've replaced him with the very source of his... <laughs> yeah. Also, this cat's an asshole. And Trey is like the nicest person you'd ever get to meet. And this cat's over here like, I'm gonna fuck up your curtains. Now, we've been gone so long that I think people might need a refresher on what a cash grab is. And in case anyone accidentally clicked the play button that's never clicked it before, what's a cash grab? Yes. Any work of art, be it music, films, literature, anything like that, that's made specifically to make money and not necessarily for artistic merit. That's why we're here. We're here to ask the tough questions. Is Twilight a beautiful work of art or... A way to ruin relationships for girls for 10 years. (laughs) And in a wholly new way, because, you know, I remember when The Notebook came out. I knew you were going to go there. Of course. Like, because we bought that DVD. Yeah. It came with a coupon for Kleenex. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. And for months after we first watched that film together. (laughs) And you cried twice. I'll admit it. Yeah. It's designed. Yeah. To... When you cried the first time, you were just like, well, it came with the coupon. What do you want from me? I've got like a, I've got a, a rock solid constitution, uh, an iron gut. I don't throw up or anything like that. But if something that is purposefully Never. Not even when he has food poisoning. He no, just swallows it down. That's right. It just doesn't happen. But something that's specifically designed to make somebody get highly emotional, I will weep like a child every single time. And so, and when he drops his ice cream, and <laughs> it goes hand in hand. So I might have cried in the Notebook, but producers of the Notebook and fans out there who are just like, yeah, he gets it. I don't get it. It's stupid. It just made me cry. That's all. <laughs> I purposely anyway, don't get this. But for months after we watched the Notebook, um, Rachel would ask something and say, you know, attack onto it. Well, Noah would do that, and my response would be, he's dead. Now. Well, Noah's dead. <laughs> Noah's not going to do that. He's dead. But in this movie, you don't get that. What you get is, well, Edward would grab my arm up at the top and pull me through the woods. Why aren't you? Well, because I don't want to go to jail, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stephanie Myers and the producers of this film have taken ideas about glorified jealousy yeah it's uh, yeah there's a lot of really negative traits that Mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. um jealousy possessiveness like just being a straight-up dick to somebody like edward i trust you bitch why 
Why do you trust him? What has he done to earn that trust? Nothing. The movie starts much like it ends and peppered through with Bella voiceover. Talk about a lazy way to get into a film. So lazy. And some voiceover I don't mind as long as there's something visually interesting happen happening. But Kirsten Stewart, Christian Stewart, however you say her name. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen is the preferred, I think, pronunciation. Let's knock that out. We'll we don't, establish we that. don't really hang out that much, so it doesn't matter. Case do. <laughs> Case do. She's standing point. in the Arizona desert holding a tiny potted plant and a shovel with her eyes closed. Riveting. <laughs> this scene is also the only scene in the movie with color. But it starts with a voiceover of Case 2, and we see a deer in the woods. Oh, right. That's the first one. The yes. deer's running through the woods, being chased by something, and then a, a human grabs it, and then smash cut to Case 2 in the Arizona desert. Right. My bad. So that desert scene is the only part with color. Mm -hmm. It's very orange, but it's color. Once you cross the bridge into the mystical world of Forks, the color evaporates into blue. Yeah. It is such a blue movie. Everything is blue. It's like being in black and white, but it's in blue and white. You know, it's just blues and highlights. Do you think Forks, Washington feels burned, scorned by this movie? Is there a real Forks? Washington? Yeah, it is a real place. The high school is real. A lot of it is real. 80% of this movie, shot in Oregon. <laughs> I'm just like, so they don't even get that sweet, sweet money from the movie being shot there. All they get is forever be associated with Robert Pattinson's weird nipple hair. <laughs> what they get is, for the rest of all time, um, and I don't want to stereotype the typical fans of Stephanie Myers or Twilight, mm -hmm. but I'm guessing women of a certain age with right. a certain number of cats in their house mm -hmm. that that flock to Forks. Well, Washington see, there are two different Rebecca. kinds of Twilight fans, or there was mm -hmm. ten years ago. There are Twi moms or whatever catchphrase they gave themselves, but then. Teenage girls appropriately aged to enjoy this tween mo novel. So you know the director of this movie? Uh, are you talking about Catherine... Ah, uh, fuck. Hardwick? <laughs> yeah. Is that, um... That's not Chris Hardwick's wife. No. I don't think so. No, 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 no. no this is I... long before I think he was even married. Sorry. Yeah, so Catherine Hardwick. Do you know she made a ten-part miniseries on the USA Network called Eyewitness? No. It's not bad. Check right. it out if you like kind of mystery thriller things. But you could, I didn't even need to read that. I knew from viewing the miniseries, she had her hand stirring all up in this pot because it is blue as a motherfucker <laughs> and it uses a lot of the same music. <laughs> like somebody like Twilight. <laughs> Did it feature a lot of Dutch angles with no motivation? I can't recall. Okay. Well, maybe we'll get into that later, too. But uh, that's something that I definitely noticed. Who's about. the best character in this movie? You took too long. Charlie. Mm -hmm. Charlie the dad. Yeah, see? Oh, we're, I think we're going to butt heads on this. Because All right, go ahead. Who is I it? love Charlie. Mm -hmm. Charlie is one of... He's in my top two. Right. But I got to say, my number one has to be Carlisle. That's just because you're sexually aroused by him. <laughs> what I love about Carlisle, he was the guy who played the jock in Can't Hardly Wait. 
Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and the movie Can't Hardly Wait with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, which, by the way, to date myself a little bit, that film about seniors in high school came out, I think, when I was a junior or senior in high school. So and was, you were like, this movie just gets uh, you know, You know what I did? I saw it. I was just like, oh, man, my generation doesn't have a John Hughes. Oh, Jesus. What the <laughs> hell is this? I do like... Ethan Embry, though, he's cool. Uh, um, anyway, but he was the jock from Can't Hardly Wait. And the first time I saw Twilight, because I, I had never really, I don't think I saw any of the trailers. I was just, you know, aware of it. There was this thing. It was this and sensation. then it just, boom, happened to you. And then it just happened to me. I just saw Carlisle on the screen, and it was that guy. And I was immediately, yeah, yeah, it was, I was, it was love at first scarf. Nice. I love Charlie. And... <laughs> Where do you get from Arizona to Charlie's car all the way to Charlie's house because, and for some reason, he parks in the front yard? There's clearly a driveway right there. <laughs> they didn't get the permits. <laughs> <laughs> and they get in the house, up the stairs. We're still getting voiceover. Right. So in this whole opening sequence with all the voiceover and everything, mm -hmm. there's so much exposition that's front-loaded into this film. Like, in the car as they're driving, you hear Case Stu say, like, that's Charlie. He's my dad. He's the police chief of Forks. I mean, we could have gotten that from the fact that he's wearing his sheriff. He's the sheriff. He's wearing his sheriff's uniform. He's driving a crew, like a police cruiser. We don't need that. No. Obviously, he's your dad, not some weirdo who stole you from the airport or else we'd be in a Taken movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. We can even, figure it out. Even the tweens that, you know... It's very... Film, it's talking down to the audience, it, for sure. Yeah, it's talking down to even a younger audience because I think a younger audience would have no trouble working that stuff out. Things move very, very quickly. We get all... But at the same time... Two hours. <laughs> but then Jacob shows up, finally, with his shirt on. It's disappointing. He kind of looks like, at this stage in the whole saga, that's right, saga, Jacob kind of looks like a hippie version of Eddie Munster. A bit. <laughs> He's a bit, yeah. His, his hair looks weird, and it's super long. His giggles at the beginning of the movie... And I actually hate using this phrase, but it is warranted. Is the most cringe-inducing giggly sound. It's painful. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's so bad. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Taylor Lautner, he has he's been in another one of the films that we've talked about him. Cash Grab Cinema. He was in the Ridiculous Six, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think he's definitely evolved past reading to some kind of acting. So I have, I'll give him that. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, we learned early on that he is kind of a shit actor. And that's okay. He's but, lovable. He's got right. charm. But, I mean, a lot of actors are shit. Right. You know, we're not crapping on you, um, Taylor Lautner, because I know you listen. But... <laughs> no, we're big fans, actually. But, I mean, I do think he's improved a lot. I really do. Right. But he is there to give her the truck that he fixed up for her that Charlie purchased for her. Mm -hmm. And he says, you got to double pump the clutch. What does she say? Is that this one? What? Like, I know it's such a throwaway line, but why the hell would you buy her? 
a stick shift car if she can't drive it. All right, all right, all right. Early on, I think that we really need to establish this because it's it's going to be throughout the entire picture. And that is, I think, a very strange choice in the entire Twilight Saga is somehow capitalizing on K-Stew's natural-born awkwardness. She is one of the most awkward Performers. I heard it described as watching a unicorn walk into a screen door. <laughs> but that is a direct quote about Kay Stewart. She is super, super awkward. And so every single delivery of every line is laden with this. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it four is. times as long. And it's, it's well, I mean, they me, had it, to make up this two hours somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, I'm already a little high strung as it is. And I, I have anxiety. And like, it has an effect on me because I'm feeling her <laughs> social anxiety. No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. She pulls in to her new high school. Uh, like, uh, damn, halfway through the semester. Some crap like that and more voiceover before she gets there. Yeah. <laughs> and she pulls into the school parking lot. Everyone's already there. Everyone's staring at her, sneering at her, just like already like, look at this loser. Why? Why do adults insist on keep putting this in every single movie about high school? Because you know what's actually happening? Those kids don't even see you. Yeah. And the ones that do are just like, new kid. There's the end of it. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't really say one way or the other, but I can only imagine that those that go into the arts and have a successful career in the creative field, they probably didn't have an awesome time in high school. Mm. It's totally possible. Maybe. maybe, maybe yeah, I didn't did. even think of that. Like they, Everybody's just drawing on their own, right. probably blown out of proportion because of memory, Right. crappy experience in high school. Yeah, with the one exception being Shane Black. Because if you've ever seen Shane Black, you look at him and you're just like, yeah, he's he's been popular his whole life. And of course, we can't forget about Neil Breen. I don't think Neil Breen... <laughs> can register what other humans are thinking. <laughs> he's too busy cracking it. <laughs> government secrets and corporate government secrets. <laughs> Eric the Paperboy comes... Running up to Bella when she gets into school. Oh, the paper boy. He runs the school paper. He runs the school paper. Sorry, I was imagining something else. <laughs> paper boy, the video game. Kid rides by on a bike and hits her in the head and she dies. Movie's over. <laughs> then the kid gets hit by a car. It's a real tragic scene. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. <laughs> why would a school newspaper run a feature on a new student? like i get that they're trying to be like hey she's new look she's new nobody is that obsessed with a new kid at school like unless tyra banks is your new student at school nobody's gonna give a crap (laughs) yeah everybody will just be asking questions like why is that 42 year old here who cares she's fabulous (laughs) let her do what she wants as bella gets to the school a lot of things happen very, very, very quickly. The school newspaper guy shows up. He's like, we'll run a feature on you. She says, oh, no, but I'm, I'm sort of shy. I think the, the her exact line is, I'm sort of the suffering silence type. Ugh. And then and then she goes to Jim. Yes. And that whole scene, that was totally me and Jim as in high school. Like, I'm participating, but don't make me play because you all take this seriously. 
and I'm just here to for credit. <laughs> Listen, Dave Franco, it's soccer. Right. Also, did you notice in the gym scene, a random seven-year-old kid just runs out on into the gym? No, I yeah. did not notice. Yeah, they're like, well, she's definitely not old enough to be in high school. Somebody brought their kid to work today. <laughs> and that made the cut. Also, what made the cut is when she pulls up to the school for the first time and gets out of the car. Yeah, that's the boom mic in the reflection of her truck window. What? Yeah. <laughs> How cheap was that shot? Why couldn't you just redo it? <laughs> Well, that's because Catherine Hardwick is much like famed director um, of the past, Ed Wood. You know, she's she's a very no-nonsense one-take. Amateurs like (laughs) you do two takes. Yeah. In the gym is also where Anna Kendrick comes. Oh, yes. Anna Anna Kendrick. Uh, Jennifer or Jessica? I think it's Jessica. 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 Her acting got a whole lot better. Because as I was rewatching this, I was just like, and she became the famous one from this. This this is terrible. You're all pretty bad at this. <laughs> it's true. When when did she get good? Do you think? When was her first? Was it Pitch Perfect? Was that because I know that no, you're a fan of that film. I like the first one. Yeah. Uh, no, I would have to say that movie where she's something about airplanes and up in the air. Up in the air. Yeah. Oh, she's a lot better in that than she is in this. Well, no. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, for me, Anna Kendrick's one of the she's one of the shining performances of this film. No, not in this. <laughs> I no. think so. Is she? Mm-mm. No, no. I think so. So after Bella's lackluster performance at volleyball in the gym, they head off to the cafeteria for lunch. What the fuck kind of school lunch are these kids having? I get that craft services and catering just for people to pretend to eat is expensive. Why would you give her one giant celery stick? She bought school lunch. What what kind of school is this? Everyone just has like carrots and celery sticks. What's happening? Rachel, that's the Pacific Northwest, okay? We're not not everybody. Goes... It's a full-size celery stick. It's not even like cut in pieces. <laughs> it's what they had. It's what they had. No, not everybody went to public school in the South and had fried chicken and, and biscuits and gravy. Then I day. weep for those fools. <laughs> Enter the Cullens. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. This was a weird scene because there was so much uh, mysterioso sort of weaved into this mm-hmm. introduction. As as I believe Anna Kendrick's character tells us in, about uh, Anne Bella, about all the different Cullens and who they are and their names and, and the fact that they're all foster kids but like they're together they're, they're together romantically mm-hmm. which is weird yeah it's they actually mentioned that in the movie like is that weird they're not actually related yeah make sure <laughs> yeah fine point on that <laughs> let's fix that with one line of script <laughs> i love after after we meet the cullens and edward and his weird face <laughs> so brooding like all the time he's sitting on a thumbtack or there's rocks in his shoes yeah i'm convinced that they got the performance they did out of robert pattinson by like giving him too much laxatives you know (laughs) so the whole time like he's really fighting What, what it is is on any given day it's either too many laxatives or emodium ad right so he's all over the place he doesn't know what to expect what's happening well, that just goes to show how devoted Robert Pattinson is. because To I mean, the craft. Yeah, I mean, to, to this day, he has 
um, the worst case of IBS, which he wouldn't if, I mean, he got it from this phone. I have IBS. <laughs> I have IBS. Um, I love when she goes to science class. Yes. The smelly acting. Oh, my like, God. Oh, oh, God. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not subtle at all. What's weird about it is I think it was supposed to play as a somewhat comedic scene, I think. See, I thought it was supposed to play more as a subtle scene. Like his uncomfortableness by Bella was supposed to be subtle and only she noticed it and maybe it was in her imagination mm-hmm. but he, he couldn't pull that off but they were both so clunky at it that it came off as a comedy scene that's possible <laughs> that's possible but but honestly the way he puts his hand over his nose there's a nothing subtle about the way he does like oh god is someone shit in here <laughs> <laughs> and when you find out later it's because she smells so good to him that's not what what someone would do if something smelled so good to you. Not instantly, because instantly he puts his hand over his mouth like she shit her pants. Yeah, and he and he, I mean, he's he looks disgusted. He does. There's no there's no symmetry in 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 the way one looks absolutely repelled and, <laughs> and disgusted by a smell and really taken by something. You don't make the same faces. If we could peel back all of that. I have an honest question. Did they just hire a normal science teacher? <laughs> this guy, let me tell you something. If this guy had been the science teacher instead of Marky Mark in The Happening, mm-hmm. then it might have been a watchable film because I really got from this science teacher that he's really into biology and he's a total herb. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's he's a geek. He's, yeah. He's just he just a, seems like a normal yeah. dude yeah. who teaches science. Yeah. I know this is an unimportant scene. Um, they're mostly just trying to introduce the first character who's killed by the rogue vampires at this cafe, at the first cafe scene. What I learned from that scene is uh, Kay Stewart doesn't know how to use a squeezable ketchup bottle. <laughs> She's just like shaking it, shaking it, lazily shaking it, uh, squeeze it a little, shake it more, and then put it down. Why didn't anyone go, all right, cut, cut. All right, so when you... Use the ketchup. Just pick it up, squirt it, put it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the biz, we call that prop work. You know what I mean? Somebody should have taken her aside. It's like, hey, hey, Kristen, I, I see that you maybe you're having some trouble with that ketchup. Yeah, I, I like, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I just never, you know, like, used one before. And they'll say, like, oh, okay, well, this is how you do it. She'll be like, oh, you know, thanks. <laughs> And then she cried for some reason. <laughs> and then go, she goes home, talks with her mom on the phone, who's at a car shop for some reason. To ignore that. Yeah, then, her, her new husband, who's a great guy, by the way, drives a piece of shit Ford Escort. <laughs> and, and, and he's a minor league ball player, which is kind of cool in a way. It is kind of cool. They don't make a but ton why, of money, but, but you could... You could buy something better than a Ford Escort. But with what why are they at the car shop? You could have put anything else in the background. Just her at her house. <laughs> anything. No, well, I mean, they were on the road, so I think they had to be on oh. a roadly location. Fair enough. But they could have been it. They could have been a motel room along the way, right? Or anything. Else. Rest stop. Yeah. Those have payphones. I feel like the joke was that she was on her payphone, or on a payphone. Right. So we could have gone to a rest stop. Those actually still have payphones. That makes sense. 
Well, they did in 2008. They still ah. do now. It's like forever. Ago. But after the phone call, more goddamn voiceover. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's all about how she's going to confront Edward for being rude to her. I don't smell like shit. I showered last week, you ass. <laughs> but, you know, at, like, at the same time, you know, like, my, like, my butt itches. But I took a shower. <laughs> so she goes to school the next day, and he's not there. But Emmett, one of the vampire bros, is riding in in the Jeep. But not in a seat where you normally would be. Standing on top. That's how he does it. Like coming in, standing on top of the Jeep. Because, you know, they're just trying to keep a low profile. Yeah. They don't, you know, Carlisle said, nothing flashy. Right? So one's driving a Mercedes. The other's driving a Jeep. And Edward drives. A... Oh, it's a Volvo. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Latin for I roll. The Volvo. <laughs> and then more bad vampires. They mm-hmm. kill alone. I believe he's at some sort of water purification he, place. Yeah. Killed there. Very unimportant. Just like, ah, oh, we're bad. Don't forget about us. We're over here. To be fair, though, those scenes were shot really well. Just like the, the scene the, with the The extras actor and, yeah, yeah. who's running through the water treatment facility. He's great. They yeah. should have just gotten him to play some, one of the normal characters. It was shot really well. It was acted really well. It had it was great action, great tension, and it lasted all of 25 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> and then the next day, as Bella's leaving for school, she slips and falls on ice. It's definitely just raining. It's definitely just raining. Slips and falls on ice. Charlie's like, yeah, got you some new tires. Yours were looking pretty bald. And she's just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do they have such a fucking shitty relationship? What did that add to the movie? She is a terrible daughter to him. So dismissive. In one scene, he's trying to talk to her like, you know, your mom seems a lot happier now that she, now because she's with this new guy. And Bella's response is, mm. <laughs> maybe it's just from the house that I grew up in. But if I was that fucking rude and dismissive to my mom... I mean, I don't want to paint her in a bad way because she's a good parent, but she once hit me with the hairbrush. <laughs> well, Charlie, I guess you just didn't give it to your woman good enough. And uh, <laughs> this uh, professional athlete is... is, is uh, amateur. Am- a semi-professional, I guess. I, you're, you get paid for it. That's professional. In right. My, in my I opinion. mean, yeah, you get... Paid for playing a game. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But he's definitely doing a much better job than you ever did, Charlie. <laughs> I hope I hope you think about that often. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> but then he, Edward, oh, thank God. Edward's back at school. Thanks, Satan. Thank you, Satan. Why does he sound Russian when she says hi to her? Hello. No, I can't do it. You give me a Russian accent. A Russian accent? Yeah, he sounds Ru- He sounds Russian when he says hello to her. Hello, Bella. Hello. I have gotten your roses from local market. It is cost 26 rubles. I don't know. That's, that, I'm a, a terrible Russian. Yeah, but it was only when he says the word hello, and it just, every time, because I've seen this movie... I saw it once in theaters with a friend of mine because she really wanted to see it. And I've seen it now twice, and I think one other time. Every time, I'm just like, what? Why didn't anyone go, all right, well, let's do it again, but try to sound American? (laughs) 
I wonder if that was a struggle for him. Would you like a Robert Pattinson fun fact? Fun fact, Robert Pattinson. I love facts about facts. It's a fun fact. Great. Oh, I love fun facts. There it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Have more fun or I'm going to beat you later. I'm having a a great time. I'm just trying to take on board the lessons I learned from this movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Robert Pattinson agreed to take this role before he read any of the source material. So do you think it was 20 minutes into the first movie that he was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) What had he done? Had he done anything um, no, this was. Before? I don't think he. No, he hadn't done anything big before. I saw in some interview he was saying before he got this role, he was actually contemplating quitting acting. Really? Yeah. And then he got the call to come read for this role. He paid for the ticket to get here to America all on his own dime. And he got the role because of his amazing chemistry with Kay Stewart. And I'm just like, huh. Where are we going to see uh, that? Yeah, by whose measure? Uh, good chemistry. I mean, I don't know. I, I watched the two of them sort of play off of each other, and I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, I don't know either. It, I have better chemistry with the mailman that I wave to from the front porch <laughs> than I do than I see between those two. I saw better chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen in the prequels. Ooh. Yeah. No, seriously. I really did. I could, I could, I had a better time believing that they were actually a romantically involved couple. At least friends. At least friends. Because with Kay Stu and Robert Pattinson, it's like, Kay Stewart is always being in some way like snarky or dismissive. <laughs> Where were you? What's up? And then, and then Robert Pattinson's always being like, way too intense and and overbearing way too so overbearing well i don't know what about that's supposed to be attractive he looks like he could be owen wilson's ugly ass nephew (laughs) 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 not that owen wilson's attractive he's not i love you but at least he seems nice and like fun yeah i don't know why but it has always bothered me the way the microscope scrapes across the table as they push it back and forth. What is that adding to the scene? It is so distracting. Also, what is adding to the scene this sort of competition between them? Like, I'm smart. Yeah, I'm smart too. Let me check it. Yeah, like I said. I know things about onions and cells. Yeah. I I don't know either. Listen to me, little girl. I'm 157 (laughs) years old. So weird. In most movies... I complain about missed opportunities when it comes to wardrobes mm-hmm. and set and set design and such. Cause there's a lot of missed opportunities like, mm. but in this movie it's too much. Like when, <laughs> when Edward was disgusted by her poop stank, <laughs> he was wearing all black. Right. Now that he's back and you know, can tolerate her stench. He's wearing all white. Mm. Like, that's too nail on the head. There's also a taxidermied owl behind him. And at one point in the scene, it lines up perfectly so he has angel wings. <laughs> Just like, oh my gosh. You've got to be shitting me. 
in the science scene where they're fighting about who's smarter about cells and onions, yeah, we see the whole range of Kay Stewart's acting. You got scoffs. Mm-hmm. You got head shaking. You got weird blinks. You got lip biting. Ooh, and don't forget unnecessary breathing. <laughs> we got twitchy eyes. We got glory. I can't even do it. It's so obnoxious. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just like... Don't forget lip biting. And, you know, like, it's onion cells, you know? Like, it... You know, the weird thing is, is that I think if you had gotten, let's say instead of casting Kristen Stewart in this role, you would have gotten Anna Kendrick or somebody else. Who... Apparently, one of the original people they wanted for the Bella role was Jennifer Lawrence. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that would have been a completely different performance. Right, because she has different things beyond scoffs and... Lip biting. And here's the thing. I actually, since the whole Twilight thing's like done and passed, I have actually really been enjoying a lot of the stuff that Case Stew's been up to. You know? Like Adventureland. I thought That was, was before this, wasn't it? I wasn't. No. Adventureland was not. Well, I'll look it up now. No, yeah, it had to have been right after. Right after. Right, right after the first one. Yep. So the things so And see you liked her in Adventureland? Yeah. I saw no difference between her performance in Twilight and in Adventureland. This is exactly I think you just liked Adventureland the movie. No, no, no. This is exactly the point that I'm making. I think that given the context of that film and who her character was supposed to be, it actually really works in Adventureland. But I mm-hmm. don't see it working in Twilight in the same way. Like, I get being sort of quiet and shy and a bit of a loner, but that to me does not translate into... <laughs> No, like, because honestly, if somebody, if there was a new kid at school and anytime anybody tried to talk to them, they just started convulsing as they talked, you know what I mean? Like, I it know, would, they wouldn't have I been know so an, popular so quick. I know enough saying. about high school kids is she wouldn't have no damn friends. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it would be something that would take a lot of time. Yeah, it would take effort on her part. But it's after the science and they win the golden onion because they're the smarty, smart, smart pants. When she almost gets hit by the van, because it's definitely skidding on ice, not rain. That's ice. How dare you try to say it's just raining outside? Because it's definitely what's happening. <laughs> it's definitely ice. Although no one, no one is geared for cold weather beyond a hoodie. I no, believe. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. That's they're not. just that's just Pacific Northwest. That's how they do. So we go to the hospital, and in comes Josh's hero, Doctor Cullen. Carlisle. Carlisle. Yep. He's not a power scarfing in this scene. <laughs> That's for after hours. When he's done, when he's when he's off the ward and he's not walking the halls. Yeah, he usually walking wears... Walking the halls as doctors do. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a scarf. He, he has a power scarf. And it works. Several power scarves. Yeah. And then you have the trope of having a secret conversation really loudly in a public place. Can we just stop? With that, nobody does that shit. If you need a secret conversation, it'll be in whispers behind closed doors like a normal person. Yeah, so this conversation had to do with Bella saying to Edward, um, what happened? How is that even possible? How did you push away the van? uh..." Oh, no, no, no. The secret conversation is between Edward, Carlisle, and Rosemary, Rosaline, Uh about 
this this puts us all at risk. Right. And then there's another secret conversation with Edward and Bella. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> I have watched this movie and it's burned into my brain. Right. Josh fell asleep at the 45 minute mark. <laughs> I mean, well, once you see Carlisle, you have to orgasm and then nap. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing something totally different than what I was doing. No girl. I want to be clear. Super clear to anyone out there who has seen Twilight and taken those lessons on board. No girl wants you to sneak up in her damn room and watch her sleep. You fucking freak Edward. <laughs> what the hell? I think it says a lot about Stephanie Meyer. That... I think it does say a lot about Stephanie Meyer that she, in her book, Geared at Teenagers, Starring Teenagers and 100-Year-Old Teenagers, that he sneaks into her room regularly and watches her sleep. Right. No, no, no. Rachel, you're being so ignorant. That's romantic. <laughs> nope. That's what everyone should reach for. It's the ideal relationship. That's one of that's when she should have went to her dad, who is the sheriff, and been like, hey, he's stalking me. Right. <laughs> in a lot of ways, where the hell was Charlie on this? I mean, I know that uh, Bella hasn't lived with him in a long time, mm. but holy shit, you would think that he would be a bit on guard. You know, or he, he would have at least he some did, knowledge. He of... probably, as I imagine, most people who have parents that are police officers or sheriffs or things like that, they're probably really paranoid people because they see the worst of the worst. Right. And so they'd probably be pretty paranoid about what happens to their kids, I imagine. Sure. That's just my guessing. Robert Pattinson's jacket does the most acting in this movie. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I want that jacket. Yeah. It's so nice. Funnily enough, around 2008, 2009, you started seeing those... I don't even, what, what style would you call that? It's like a... It's like a wool, slightly longer than a peacoat. Yeah, but not a peacoat, and not as thick as a peacoat. Mm -mm. It's like the thin... More like a... Well, there's like fashion jackets. They're not really made for warmth. They're pretty. Right. So it's like a man's peacoat fashion jacket. Right, right, right. Yeah, you started seeing a lot of those at um, the Old Navy outlets <laughs> where we went <laughs> to shop. <laughs> And then Mike asks Bella to the prom. Very cute, adorable, adorkable scene. Yeah, it was. But again, the way that she's so dismissive to everyone's feelings, except for hers and Precious Edwards. Yeah, well... Like she couldn't even bother to listen to what he was saying. Right, right, right. Well, I think that there's, there's this sort of undercurrent throughout the entire film that... The rest of the world and everybody else's problems can take a goddamn back burner because I'm dealing with vampire drama, y'all. You don't even uh, know what it's like to be in love with a vampire. Exactly. How dare you? <laughs> La push, baby. La push. So, uh, I fucking hate that scene, the la push, when they're talking about going to the beach and Eric the paper boy keeps saying, la push, baby. I fucking push you off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That kid was having a real good time. He really was. I gotta give him that. I have to give him that. But, but she looks over at Edward, because they're in the cafeteria again when they're talking about going to the beach. Yeah. And he looks at her like, you fucking piece of shit, and then throws his french fries down like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> Coming off as such an unhinged psycho. Right. And then he goes up to her while she's making her salad at the salad bar. Again, with the weirdest salad ingredients, like full-size celery, check, giant-ass baby corns, hell yeah, and then an apple in the a whole apple in the middle. <laughs> Brilliant. She drops the apple, and he kicks it up and catches it in his hand, and they, they hold that shot for a good three seconds. Sure. Do you want, you know where that's from, right? Um, from the book. Yes, the, book the cover, cover art from the book. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. Re- pandering? Check. Yeah. As far as the weird salad ingredients, um, I wonder if somebody uh, on the crew was worried about Case Stew and her mental state, and so they didn't want to have any knives on the set. <laughs> no. <laughs> just prep it before you get there. <laughs> Damn it, Rachel. Where were you 10 years ago? I don't know. And then he says... I wrote this down. I'd hate to get it wrong. If you know what's good for you, you'll stay away from me. <laughs> I'd be like, you you got it, friend. Backing away. <laughs> Say for the sake of argument, I'm not smart. No, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and there's so many weird lines like that. That should be, if it was a normal relationship, right? Yeah. And somebody says that to you, male, female, in between, I don't care. If somebody says that to you, then stay away from them. Right. Cue the, the guy from Get Out. Get Out. Get Out. Get Out! Yeah, exactly. Get out of that relationship. These are these are negative traits. And, and actually, I, wasn't there some sort of, I believe there was some sort of academic uh, uh, article about like... I have heard... Flat, red flags. Yeah, I have heard, and I don't know where if this is true, but I have heard that the Twilight series meets a lot of the criteria for a domestic abuse relationship, according to some domestic abuse website. Because, you know, a lot of abuse is emotional. Right, sure, yeah. Yeah, and apparently Twilight checks a lot of those boxes. It can be emotional, smelly. (laughs) I I mean, I just just wanted to confront him. Say, what's your problem? Then we go to the beach. It's still blue. It's still blue. At no point does the tone, color tone that is, change in this movie. Yeah. Not, never. Never during the dramatics, never during the happy, even when they're at the beach, the day, the night. What time is it? Don't know. (laughs) The mountains are situated in a particular way, so you never see sunset from Forks, Washington. (laughs) Well, that sounds depressing. It's just kind of like gloomy daytime and night. Everyone's got those artificial sun lamps in their house. <laughs> but Jacob's there at the beach because the beach is on the Kulu. Kulu? I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying that right. On the reservation. Mm-hmm. That's the beach they went to. So Jacob's there with a couple of his friends. And then one of them, oh, so suddenly, uh, Dutch Angle says, the Cullens don't come here. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, shit, dog. They got some beef. What's going on? Is this like a uh, like a Sharks and Jets uh, West Side Story? You got feuding houses? Shakespeare? Is that it? The Cullens don't come here. <laughs> and so Bella asked Jacob, what did your friend mean when he said the Cullens don't come here? 
Oh, you caught that, did you? Yes, Jacob. <laughs> God dang, everyone caught that. Did I hear that perfect, perfectly articulated line? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty sure we all did. You caught that, huh? So I can't tell when they're walking on the beach. Is she flirting with Jacob or having some sort of attack? <laughs> <laughs> you never know what case to. She always keeps you guessing. <laughs> They they bought a defibrillator on the second day because the medic was just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm very uncomfortable. We got the defibrillator. We got EpiPens. Just in case. Who knows? A, most of the budget was spent on the helicopter on standby. <laughs> Always running. Yeah. He tells her the story that his people are descended from wolves mm-hmm. and that supposedly the Cullens come from a rival tribe. So we get a little explanation or bella does we already know because we're not idiots right a rival tribe of wolves of his um people oh right yeah oh oh that's right but jacob's like just sort of putting he's putting he's it into just telling terms. us he's just telling a story that he heard he doesn't even believe it right it's just a story that he heard growing up and then the guy who played santa when bella was little you met him in the cafe gotcha he's at the boathouse and then we finally get our first glimpse at the Bad Vamps. Mm-hmm. James, Victoria, and Laurent, I believe, is the third one. Yep. Yeah. He's looking good. Let's just... Oh, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laurent? Yeah. The dude with long hair. Yes. He's amazing. He's handsome. Yeah. Too bad he's not in it more, but... <laughs> <laughs> he wears, like, a vest and no shirt, right? <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... That in itself says everything. It does. Yeah. Because if you have the confidence to do that and you do it and you and you genuinely do like objectively look good, who who cares? It makes people think like about anything. I should get a vest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is sadly eaten by the bad vamps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And ain't gonna be playing Santa Claus no more. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. Christmas is canceled here in Forks. (laughs) This right here, I think, sums up who Kay Stewart is as well as Bella as a person. She is using the internet to find a book and a bookstore near to her where she can purchase said book from a brick and mortar store. That's right. You are internetting wrong. Like, you can see the Google search. She scrolls past the first five hits that say, like, oh, do you want to know more about these stories? No? You want a book? Cool. Here. Get this. I think there was a lot of confusion about her character. And I think there was a lot of... So, like, I don't think that Kristen Stewart is blameless for how this role turned out. But, again, I think there was a lot of confusion about who she was supposed to be was she supposed to be a sort of literal interpretation of the character in the book was she supposed well to if be... she was supposed to be a literal interpretation of bella in the book she did a bad job right what was this peppered by or did this was this some way changed by the success of the film juno right where you had this sort of indie you know creative type young woman you know like is I don't know. I don't know I don't, where it came from. Cause she, I feel like you're trying to say, was she supposed to be a manic pixie dream girl? Yeah. But she's not. No. She doesn't fit that trope at all. 
She's just her whole separate own entity. I think that actually, I think we've stumbled across something really interesting here because what's that? Maybe, maybe this is a sign that the manic pixie dream girl trope is gone. Like we don't it have is, it anymore. Well, we do, but it is fading out. Right. I do think it is fading out. I mean, once uh, once Zoe Deschanel dies, I mean that's gonna be it. Jesus Christ, I got dark. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bella, Anna Kendrick's character, Jessica, and then that other one. I can't remember her name. Anna Kendrick, I think she pronounces it. We don't hang out. We're yeah. not friends. Sorry. Who cares how I say it? I said an Anna before. Anyway, I was trying to correct. So they go prom shopping in, luckily, the adjacent town with this bookstore, with the books she needs. How <laughs> else is she going to get this printed information? It ain't going to be in Forks. Forks has a population of 3,206 or something. Well, and it's definitely not going to be on Google Books. Don't look there. You certainly can't view PDFs from the comfort of your own home. Mm-mm. Yeah. No way to do that. Yeah. So they go prom dress shopping. In 1995, they hit up the time machine <laughs> for these dresses. <laughs> you could tell the budget of this movie did not go to the food they ate on screen. Or these crappy brown dresses. <laughs> and the best part of this whole scene is these shitty teenage friends let their other teenage friend wander around a town she's never been before. At night, they don't try to look for her when she's missing, even though she has a cell phone. Bang on. Good job, girls. <laughs> when your friend definitely dies, it'll be your fault. Did you sense a, a tinge of jealousy from Anna Kendrick toward Bella? No. They're supposed to be like friends. Yeah, I see. Maybe she wanted her to die. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she thought it's better this way. It's, it's a better. kindness. Not only do I get rid of the competition, but I can use my grieving over her death. As oh, see, specific. I thought it more of like, you know, she's just tired of trying to interpret what all those scoffs mean. <laughs> We give out my scoff translator. Oh, she says she's constipated. Again. Yikes. <laughs> After she buys her book, who hands over money at a store? I'm nitpicky, I know. Who hands over money at a store the way Bella gives this guy who runs the bookstore the money? <laughs> Basically, like, she wadded it up, still put it in his hand, like, there you go, take that wad, and then leaves. It's weird. This is a weird transaction. He even looks at her like, all right, I'll take this money, I guess. It's weird. <laughs> but she leaves. It's dark. She goes, she thinks, I know, down this alley. Safety first. And then some gross dudes show up. And then, bam, a Volvo ad right out of nowhere. <laughs> and Edward comes to save the day. He does with his eyes. All he does is like... Glare them, glare them down, and one of the characters, one of the extras, is like, "Oh God, whoa, ooh, <laughs> holy shit!" Someone just opened the ark of the covenant. <laughs> I've never been stared at like this. Ooh, so scary. Abe <laughs> Simpson, I'm gonna give him the frowning of a lifetime. <laughs> and I just want to be perfectly clear: anyone who drives. How Edward Cullen drives in this movie is a garbage human. <laughs> He's got no regard for you in the car for him. And I really felt like this added to the whole notion of really shitty partners. 
Like if someone drives like that and you're in the car with them, break up with them immediately. Yeah. They don't care about your well-being. No. They don't care about yours. They don't care about anyone else's around them. Distract me before I go back there and kill those guys. You don't even know what they were thinking. This is my exaggerated Edward. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a... He's, he's like a snake oil salesman from Coney Islands. <laughs> yo, yo, step right up. Step right up. Stop me before I kill these guys. He takes her to the restaurant where she was supposed to be meeting her friends. I love the name of the restaurant. Did you catch it? No. What was it? Bloated Toad. Oh, that is. That's a great. I like that. That's a great name. That's almost like, if I can give a quick shout out to a great movie I watched recently, um, Bones, yeah. Bones Tomahawk. Man, he loves this movie. It's a really great movie. Everybody should see it. The saloon in that film is called The Learned Goat, and I think that's a great name for a saloon. That's great. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So they go inside to eat their meal. Well, he doesn't eat. Only she does. Okay, so I want you to be Edward. I wrote this down. Okay. And I'm Bella. How did you know where I was? I didn't. So you followed me? I feel very protective of you. Okay, again, that's where you get up, you leave, and you tell your sheriff dad that he's a, your boyfriend is a psycho, (laughs) and you need witness protection. That's true. You know, it's funny, a a lot of the, if you took out the supernatural elements of this film, it's basically a lot of the plot points of the movie Fear, with Reese Witherspoon and Marky Mark, (laughs) if you haven't seen it, it's like, boyfriend goes crazy, basically, that's, that's the plot. Yeah. If you took out the supernatural of this movie, it would be a lifetime movie. <laughs> and she would be dead at the end. <laughs> and it was worrying for me how quickly and easily Bella accepts, like, oh, you read minds. Cool. Not even going to bat an eye at that. I don't think you're crazy at all. <laughs> Just takes it. And who would want that in a partner? I'm sorry. I mean... Oh, well, remember, he can read everyone's mind except hers. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, does he say that? Yeah. God damn, this movie. When when do we get to the baseball (laughs) game? Can we skip ahead? (laughs) Okay, all right, let's go. They go on a date. She goes to meet the family, right? (laughs) No. Shit. They, They go on that dinner date. They drive home. She accidentally... Do they drive in the Volvo? Oh, the Volvo? The Volvo. Ooh. Yes. I believe that was an XC90. and <laughs> They drive home in the Volvo and she says, I'm warm enough and goes to turn. No, first of all, people don't talk like that. They would just turn it off. You don't need to speech. <laughs> and they accidentally touch hands and <gasps> his hands are cold. Cold hands, warm heart. That's what I always heard. <laughs> and they go past the police station. They see there's a ruckus. They pull over and they find out the guy died she goes in to see charlie he gives her some mace make your old man feel better she goes home he's a class act I yeah, mean, he just is salt, salt of the earth Thank i love you. i love charlie he's yes. not carlisle but i love charlie how dare you he's better but she goes home and uses the book that she purchased and almost got molested for skims it super fast finds a one phrase cold ones Puts the book down, and what does she do? Uses the goddamn internet like she should have done in the beginning. We could have skipped 30 minutes or 20 minutes of this movie. It was all part of her arc, Rachel. It was that that act one 
book arc that everybody <laughs> they, was really they needed about. we the audience needed to see her struggle yeah. to find out so she goes to school the next day wanders past him they're in some sort of like courtyard at the school everyone's out there and they just wander up into the woods he follows her at no point does any of the students go hey hey where you guys going <laughs> hey uh, guys, we're gonna feature about it. Guys, <laughs> they go up in the woods, and that's when you get the infamous "say it out loud." <laughs> <laughs> and during that scene, so many swooping pans. Yeah. Like swoop, 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 swoop. Yeah. It's so many, so unnecessary. It takes way longer than it should. And I know they're trying to make it dramatic. Like, she finally knows. But the way she... <laughs> I mean, you're... It's like... <laughs> you're... Are you like a vampire? The, fa- the fast-running special effects. <laughs> I have a note here. I'm going to use that term loosely. Special. Yeah. I mean, I get it that this is the first part of a saga and even Harry Potter. Like the first Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. The budget was low. Yeah. Were than the other ones, you could tell. Definitely. But the... Like the stair moving in the first Harry Potter, that's actually a practical effect. Right. Because they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, but these special effects, especially for the speed blur, they were yes. cheesy even by 2008 standards. Yeah, definitely. A lot of these effects, it was like watching an episode of Animorphs. <laughs> oh, man, that's That's mean. how bad they were. That's mean. Yeah, they were really bad. But do they make up for it when they give his glittery skin its own jingle? This movie, ooh, the lines in this movie. I've killed people before. It doesn't matter. Bitch, yes, it does. <laughs> in a different context, you know what I mean? This should have been played oh out totally point. differently. You're my own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> Jeez. You can't say that. I'm going to break into a house and steal some stereo equipment for, for you. I mean, I really do think that this movie and movies like it uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which is actually born out of a fanfic of this movie. Mm-hmm. And not just the movies, the source materials, lots. Of, and there's other ones, too, that are in this same vein. I really think this movie is one of the reason women think, and not all women. I don't want to put that sweeping brush down. Some women and men think that jealousy and possessive boyfriends and girlfriends is cute. That shit ain't cute. That will get you on a Lifetime movie and not for a good reason because, you know, there aren't good Lifetime movies. So way to go, Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for um, uh, inflicting unknown harm to countless women everywhere. Yeah. Preach. Thanks. That's, that's, you're doing the, the Lord's work. Uh, that's known Mormon, uh, Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, she did keep them from making the beast with two backs until they were legally wed. I wanted to talk about this a little bit, and I know we're jumping around a lot, but what do you think of this sort of metaphor of the bite and the turning into a vampire and how that's sort of metaphorically linked to chastity? And you know, Well, I mean, they do it abstinence. before the bite happens. 
but they don't do it. They neither of those things happen until they're married. Right. So And she's safely eighteen. Yeah. Correct. Or, I think so. Yeah, when yeah, this yeah. starts, she's seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. And even though Edward is like over a hundred years old, um, it's totally not weird because he looks like he's age appropriate, even though he's a filthy, filthy, filthy man. Right. Yeah. I mean, just say it. Pedophile. <laughs> But, I mean, to be fair, he couldn't find anyone his own age unless it was another vampire. Right. Yeah, yeah. If he found, like, if he found, if he found a mortal woman that was as old as he was, I mean, he'd be, he'd be it's a corpse at that point. You know, nobody lives to be 150. <laughs> no. Not yet. Give it time. Give it time. They lay in the grass together. You know, take your time. I'm sure no one at school where you're fucking supposed to be right now is looking for you. No. Hey, have you guys seen Bella? That's weird. I saw her wander up in the woods about six hours ago. I'm sure she's fine. No need to check. She's good. Don't go to the water's edge. That was a Seven and, Mary Three reference. And for here all we of you, and uh... here we are, halfway through the movie. Halfway through the movie. So let's woodchip her through the rest of Twilight. <laughs> he drives her to school for the first time after the... In the Volvo XC90. Oh, in the Volvo. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Why does he suddenly look like James Dean? <laughs> like, what? Why is this happening? What? I, I don't understand at all. And then for the next, I don't know, five to eight minutes, you get a shit ton of vampire rules slash character history from Edward. Like he's just telling it to Bella Mm -hmm. and it feels like, well, they were like, well, we could just have more voiceover, (laughs) but they just shoved it here instead. And then I don't know why it's so funny to me, but she's washing her truck. It's fucking raining. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Rachel, she's from Arizona. She doesn't know how rain works it's true but then she goes to his parents house for the first time finally God. carlisle manor deep in the woods carlisle scarfing it up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're making dinner for her and then edward tells them that she's already eaten and rosalie i think that's her name breaks a bowl she's like well that's just great like holy shit yeah rosalie's got a lot of issues i get that i get that she's not supposed to like bella right for, they don't reveal why she doesn't like her yet. You find out later. I think in the next movie or the one after. But that's so unhinged. Yeah. Nobody acts like that. Why couldn't she be cold and indifferent to her without coming across as a psycho? <laughs> I, I guess this family is just like, when it's, it's either nothing or we're gonna fucking kill you. Right. With our love. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> and the my best favorite worst scene in this movie is when he takes her up to his bedroom, shows her around, and then he takes her, climbs some trees with her, and says, "You better hang on, spider monkey." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Again, I think anybody else in that role, it might that line might have worked, but somehow coming from him, it sounds sinister and weird. Right, and he's not been like playful at all in this whole movie. Right, and then suddenly he's like, "Come on, spider monkey!" Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, it just doesn't. 
and <laughs> spit honestly spit take funny we are somehow transported to an 80s love ballad music video as <laughs> low lights <laughs> low camera pans filtered light from the side also we can see robert pattinson play the song that he wrote for the movie right on the piano yeah and i'm using the term wrote loosely because it's just like just like nice oh wow boy that's a lot of shade but no you're a music critic rachel i'm not a music critic but and i get that music is expensive especially original music which is why this is why Catherine uh fuck hardwick oh yeah that's why Catherine hardwick uh used the music she already had the rights to that's exactly what happened <laughs> but i mean why couldn't they get anyone else um like a musician and i'm not saying that he's like a shit person and doesn't deserve it but like it's just not good right. for a movie that made 300 million dollars it's not that good no 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 it's not so when you think about it it's a real achievement to to use that low of production value stuff and Still make three hundred million. Yeah, that's true. Almost four hundred million dollars. That's true. I mean, there are times when I think it really is fitting. Like Jason Schwartzman wrote the song that shows up at the end of Slackers. The well, sometimes it works. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Um, he's also, a, you know, a accomplished musician. Yeah. So. Sometimes it's the right call, and sometimes it's just like that's when you good for you, <laughs> and you pin it on the fridge. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: If you go to the one hour and 12 minute mark of Twilight. Who do you see in the cafe? Who? Stephanie Myers. Whoa. Uh, Known Mormon. Apparently, I saw uh, an interview with Robert Pattinson where he says, it's so obvious that Bella is her. Mm-hmm. And he appar- apparently, it was really uncomfortable for him whenever she came to set. Because I, I bet, oh, I bet she was just like, yeah, that's, that's right, Edward. Yeah. Mm. Grab her arm harder. Stroke her, stroke her cheek. And Let then, her know that you're watching her every moment. And then slap her. <laughs> <laughs> so Edward sneaks into Bella's bedroom. Yep. Lays some smooches on her. Yet again. Mm. Nothing creepy about that. Oh, no. This is where it gets creepy. I like watching you sleep. It's kind of fascinating to me. <laughs> and she just accepts it accepts that he has said this and she's fine with it what's weird that she seems like a really she's set up to be this really self-conscious sort of like awkward you know awkward turtle type and, mm-hmm. and if you have social anxiety at all you're not cool with that you know what i mean you're not cool with somebody physically standing there and watching you sleep. right they made her so weak yeah it's annoying which is weird because again going back to the beginning when we're sort of setting her up and she's meeting her lifelong friends from high school mm-hmm. um and she's doing all this stuff and she and they're introducing the cullens and she said oh my god there's edward he's like so dreamy and like you know don't even try it with him because like he's just out of your league or whatever well, she's she, at out of everyone's league but right, yeah 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 and, and and she's like yeah i wasn't even gonna i wasn't even thinking about it but then she immediately turns around and just like i have to lock eyes with him right and it's and not just, even subtle it's you know, like all the way around her back look at him exactly so you have this character that could have been not just another boy crazy teenage girl 
But then you sort of made her that anyway. Right. Yeah. And and could really you make expect... her any more thirsty for him? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> also, Josh, baseball game time. Yes, finally. Okay. <laughs> baseball game time. Josh has been waiting so patiently. They have matching outfits, which I think is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's Carlisle. He runs a very tight ship. Oh, sorry, sorry. He doesn't like the word ship. Brothel. <laughs> and then the bad vampires come, and they want to play baseball, too. But they smell deliciously stanky Bella in the field. And then they have a hiss off. (laughs) (laughs) They sure do. I I wonder how much of that was practical in camera. Mm -hmm. Because it shouldn't have been. (laughs) It sounds so dumb. Josh, hiss off with me. Yeah, I mean, we just sound... Burrito, get in on this. I... He, he looks angry at me. No, no, he went back to sleep. Yeah. Exactly, that's how threatening... <laughs> that's how threatening a human hiss-off is. Yawn-inducing. Exactly. Says one burrito. Or laughing-inducing. Like, it's just hilarious. <laughs> I think the, the most interesting thing about this whole scene is that somehow, like, is the fact that vampires, or at least this region of vampires are really into baseball so much so that they sort of have you know they have amateur leagues right they play baseball together right that was interesting definitely but they have to run away from the bad bad vampires because they want bella he takes her home and she fake breaks up with him and then just the icing on the cake of what a shitty child she is she's just like i have to leave right now living with you sucks and teenage angst but then at the same time i'm just like she is your minor child you're the adult also a fucking sheriff just don't let her leave like the end of the movie would be him saying go to your room and that and then she would yeah i mean charlie's got handcuffs you know what i mean he could yeah he could put her under arrest (laughs) right yeah exactly but no he just leaves and and she's driving down the road crying it's hard to know. It's hard to know with Case too. Does she cry? Does she sort of like you know if she gets emotional enough, do sort of like dark ghost butterflies sort of like fall out of her eyes and whisk well, they, away? Well, they Who fly knows? away. Yeah, they fly away. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> she doesn't either. <laughs> How many goddamn times can you say the phrase "tear apart, tear apart the body, rip it into pieces, and burn it"? Because I'll tell you, in this movie, it's like five in 20 minutes. Well, they don't want, yeah, they don't want anybody to not know when the fight is over. (laughs) Laurent has informed them that James is like the best tracker he's ever seen in his 300 years. He's lethal. Don't underestimate him. Then why does he fall for their ridiculous ruse of wearing Bella's clothes and running through the woods? What kind of escape plan is that? Oh, I'll know. We'll run through the woods when cars exist. But he does. He follows that trail happily until he smells that it's not her. Mm. It's ridiculous. But the smell he does when he realizes it's not her, like... (laughs) 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 Truly, truly on par with Dennis Hopper and Blue Velvet. And the... the, Ooh, I'm slutty. (laughs) 
he watched that movie the day before to get in, to get into character. He did. I don't hate that guy actually. Me neither. Yeah, he's, he's okay. He's very camp, yeah. and I like it. Yeah, he brings the right level. Of he he really does. Like I feel like Laurent, he was good as well. Yeah, because his his part was minimal, and he was supposed to be serious, so it worked. But so many of the roles in this movie, they just don't work. Except for Carlisle. I want Carlisle and Charlie to have... A spinoff. A spinoff movie. Yeah. I want that now. I've never considered it, but now it, I think it's ridiculous. And it's I, think, I think if you do, it, it wouldn't take much work. Because I don't think too many people are that devoted to the rest of the Cullen family. I don't um, think anymore. So I think you could easily explain away everybody else. Like, oh, they're off, uh, you know, Edward and Bella and everybody else, they're off happy somewhere else. But now we're in New Orleans, the Big Easy. And, <laughs> and Charlie's just landed a job and, as a police chief. And, and LL Cool J is there. LL Cool J is there. And he brings on Carlisle as his coroner to help solve his mysteries. Oh, my God. You know what? Um, just everyone disregard... <laughs> Those things we just said, we got to go write some stuff down. Yeah, we can't give that away for free. Mm -mm. <clears throat> Alice sees the ballet studio in her visions. Right. And The one from a, a video, right? It, her visions work like you have to make a choice for her to say. That's how they explained it. Right. So She sees choices happening. Right. So he would have, it makes me think that the James character made the choice to go to a ballet studio at some point. James calls Bella from her mom's home phone number and gets her to leave them and come to the ballet studio because he has her mom. And she just leaves out of the lobby and they're like five feet away. Why doesn't Alice have a vision seeing her make this decision? It feels like a plot hole. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe she was Maybe she was just swept up in sweet, sweet Jasper. But no eyes. worries. Because there's more goddamn voiceover. <laughs> oh, isn't this when it comes back to the same, the opening voiceover, where it says, Yeah, yeah. I had never really thought about how I was going to die. But, but to was... die in the place of someone I love. Right. Like, no. Which, What's... when you hear that in the opening voiceover, and you know vaguely what the film is about, then you say, oh, the, at gonna... the beginning she's going to sacrifice herself for Edward or something. Mm -hmm. But then you realize it's for her mom. So James never had her mom. It's an old home movie That's that not he what stole. He said, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an old home movie he stole from her house." I'll give him that. That was a little bit clever. Yeah, that was clever. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I'm going to say that about Twilight. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but the venue he picked for his murdering yeah, yeah of bella he might as well have said i like to watch myself when i eat and, like pulled his shirt up and looked at his abs <laughs> he's, ba <laughs> he's basically christian bale from uh, american psycho yeah, yeah that sex yeah. scene and he's like flexing his muscles you know this don't just look at her asshole eat it that's exactly what it was but she maces him. Yeah. Nobody told. No. Yeah. I like that. Good old fashioned human mace. A vampire has no defense against that. Yeah. But he magic jumps over her as she tries to run away. Says some crap. Videotapes her. And then breaks her leg. It's pretty nasty sound. Mm -hmm. give, it to, give it up to that Foley artist. But then Edward's there to 
save the day. Oh, thank goodness, because he's faster than the rest of the people in his family, but not as strong. And then the lamest vampire fight that has ever been put to film unfolds before your eyes. And I'm even including Vampire Academy. <laughs> this sh- shit is terrible. Yeah. And it's so short. It consists of like four hits. Yeah. Yeah. And then at one point, Edward looks up at him and goes, Rah! <laughs> And Carlisle, sweet, sweet, power scarfing Carlisle, comes over and says, remember who you are, son. (laughs) What the hell does that even mean? I don't know. Remember who you are as a vampire that's having a fight with another vampire, but not really having a fight anymore because at this point the fight's over. It ends in a very anticlimactic way. It's so, yes. And and the, the rest of the family just comes along. Holds James's arms and shit while Alice jumps on his uh, shoulders and rips his head off. And then they burn the body. Because you have to and get, rip it to pieces and burn the bodies. You have to rip it to pieces and burn the body. I mean, that's how you get rid of a vampire. Mm-hmm, yeah. You rip it to pieces and burn the body. Did you rip it in pieces? I, I, did you burn the body? I burned the body. Did you rip it in pieces? <laughs> <laughs> oh, marmalade. <laughs> Case Stewart's. Cross-eyed pain face. <laughs> Why was a hard cut not called at that moment? Like, take five. Mm-mm, mm-mm. This was the very first scene they shot for the movie. It's, it's, to be fair to Kay Stewart, it is hard for her to do pain acting when all of her acting looks like she's in pain. Okay? It's very true. But this was the first scene they shot for this movie? Yeah. Why did nobody just put a stop to it? Just like, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, I think our work here is done. Let's let's strike the set. Rip it. Rip the body apart. Burn the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so she wakes up in the hospital. Oh no! I missed the most important part of that whole fight. Yeah, dude. When Bella or when Edward sucks the poison out of Bella, he's gotta make a choice to let her turn or suck the poison out. But if he does, what if he can't stop? He doesn't know if he can. Stop. Remember who you are, son. <laughs> but she's like his heroine. <laughs> so, yeah, he's sucking the blood out of the holes that James put in. Because if he bites her again, that just puts in more poison, right? I, so I let's guess. Let's try to limbo through these plot holes. So he just sucks out. <laughs> just wood chipper through it, right? <laughs> there it is. So he just, you know, uses those holes like straws and right. sucks the poison out. Doesn't kill her miraculously or sadly depending on how you want to look at it (laughs) she wakes up in the hospital i know nitpicky again on my part why did they not tape the oxygen tubes down like they do in a normal hospital they're like oh they're all up on her eyes and she can't blink right that looks good don't change it um no no no. well i think there was some backstory to that. Apparently, uh, Kristen Stewart had a very awkward, proactive commercial scheduled. So, um, <laughs> her is that true? Did, no. Damn it, Josh. <laughs> that skin had to be tip-top. And, then, and translucent with his whiteness. <laughs> and then her mom is there to tell her the story about what happened. Like, oh, baby, don't you remember? You fell down two flats of stairs and went through a window. Who in their right goddamn mind would believe that story? 
No one is that unlucky. And if you are, go buy some lottery tickets for someone else as a gift and they'll win. <laughs> Especially with this whole like new sketchy relationship between their daughter and this mystery uh, fellow. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, she met this guy. He's kind of weird. They have a lot of fights. They, they're sort of on again, off again whatever he seems sort of unhinged by the way she fell down two flights of stairs and went through a window totally natural oh in that black eye she hit a doorknob yeah that happens <laughs> you couldn't really see it because she was wearing sunglasses <laughs> she looks so cool lifetime movie edward's hair gets crazier and bigger as the movie like he looks more and more unhinged <laughs> and he says something about you should just Go to Jacksonville with your mom. Stay away from me. <laughs> would you like to read the Christian Stewart lines? I would love to read the Christian Stewart lines. But we can't We can't be apart. You can't leave me. You made me doubt. Undercut my confidence is too much. I'm not my own person anymore. I might have added some things. <laughs> but, but that's basically how it reads. <laughs> you get the gist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't say, don't, don't, don't say that. Not, not ever. <laughs> I love Kristen Stewart. I love her so very much. Well, then they go to the prom. Mm-hmm. And then best part of the prom is when, <laughs> when Jacob slides out of the woods like, I... <laughs> <laughs> There's some interesting set design uh, for that shot in particular because there was some somebody took the time to really carefully put some beams of light yeah. coming through in the background. Yeah. As if to say Here's her savior. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. If I may, I, mm-hmm. I I made a note here that says they spared every expense on the prom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Now, I get it. I get it. I, I actually give them points for not over-decorating the prom or making the prom more glitzy and glamorous than this tiny's, tiny town's high school could afford. I appreciate that. Right. Because a lot of movies But they could that. have hired, like, ten more extras. It would have looked more like the prom. It would have more, looked more authentic because a real prom has... A uh, an army of you know like twenty psychos doing all this arts and crafts stuff. So it's like littered with stuff. Yeah, like I was prom- one of those psychos. Careful, yeah, exactly. Now. <laughs> yeah. So like proms are like they're a very busy affair. There's a lot of decorations everywhere. Yeah. They're not expensive. You so know what I know for a fact? There is not nearly enough balloons for this to be a high school prom <laughs> because you know it's cheap balloons. <laughs> They had a single shot of like a disco ball, and and then in the reverse shot you see Edward and Bella, and it's really just like super darkly lit. I think there was all of seven people in the frame, <laughs> right? And they had this like really cheap disco lighting go across them really quickly as they say like, "Do you want to get out of here?" Yeah, let's get out of here. And then they go to this actually quite lovely pergilla thing gazebo gazebo. Why did Jacob go from like, oh, who gives a crap, like? My tribe and there's silly rules about the cons. That's so stupid. You be you, boo boo. All the way to like fuck you, Edward. <laughs> In like a matter of seconds. Just so you know, we're keeping an eye on you. I don't know. Maybe that marks uh, Jacob. No, I feel like he's gone through puberty before. Before the Just film before starts. that one time. That one time. But he's gonna he hit it up again. again. Yeah, he's got a Benjamin Button thing on repeat. 
That so that super fancy outdoor gazebo, like it's really pretty actually. Mm-hmm. No one else is in it. Convenient. <laughs> That's good. You don't want don't have that chatter <laughs> while we're talking about vampire shit. Why doesn't Edward, who is really old, know how to waltz? Why would he not know? Why yeah. Shouldn't he know how to waltz? Wouldn't that have just been normal? That's true. And and what you brought up the point is just like are they just on like a turntable? <laughs> There's a certain kind of shot that I'm not sure that Spike Lee invented, but even if he did, I think he invented it. But even if he didn't, he perfected it. Mm-hmm. Where he has, um, where he'll put the camera on and his subjects on the same dolly, and he did this. There was this one shot in Mo Better Blues, which was fantastic, where Denzel Washington was like on a on a rotating surface and the camera was rotating with them and it's this really cool effect it has a weird sort of effect on the bird it looked like in this in this shot um in the gazebo it just had edward and bella on a lazy susan and (laughs) there's some like grip there's some grip out of frame just sort of slowly turning them around because there was no thinking to himself, this is gonna look like shit. <laughs> there was no, there was no sense of leg movement. Like they didn't bob up and down at all. They just sort of turned in a perfect circle, as if floating. <laughs> and then, of course, I mean, how is she gonna end this movie with more motherfucking voiceover? Yeah, there's so it's everywhere. Normally, we're complaining about the saturation of product placement. I just don't want to hear fucking Kristen Stewart's voice again, just ominously over everyone else. Like, I'll kill you all. <laughs> and the movie ends as uh, as Victoria walks out of the franchise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to open it up for the sequel. Well, that that actress doesn't come back. Oh, she doesn't? Uh-uh. Oh, Victoria does. Yeah. The character. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that actress was just like, fuck this. <laughs> this is where they're going to end it? What? Um, what? How many more? <laughs> Hold on, I've got to call some people. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You know what? i got a quilt I need to finish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can do this. And then I do believe that How It Should Have Ended, the YouTube channel, really sums up the Twilight ending the best. Mm-hmm. Here comes the mumbling music. Mumble, mumble, Twilight mumble, yeah. <laughs> Rachel, don't sing any more of that. We don't have the clearance rights. So, Jesus, that took forever. Just so did the movie. I know, it did. It was a real, it was a real slow, slow burn. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like this slow burn anxiety attack. You know, like, honestly, from K-Stu and Edward and everything else that's going on, it just seems like everything is needlessly amped up. Yes. There's unnecessary tension throughout. Mm-hmm. I get it. You're talking about, like, vampires and all this stuff Oh, going no, on. that you could be killed. He's going to come for you. But, but even in the moments when people are supposed to be having a good time and taking it easy and being mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. there's still this really weird tension and, like, Unexplained Dutch angles. It's so weird. There's a lot of Dutch angles. There's a lot. And a lot. Sorry, for anybody who doesn't know, Dutch angles, they're usually used in film to indicate that the world is askew. Something's out of whack. Something's wrong. Yeah. You can't... You, Something it, bad or scary. You can't use it for every sixth shot, you know? It just doesn't work that way. That's all I got, Josh. <laughs> the whole time, every time I see a Dutch angle, I'll be like, what's... Whatever's the matter? What's what's about to happen? <laughs> Oh, nothing? Great. <laughs> Whew! That was a close one. 
So, now that we've gotten here, mm-hmm. now that we've gone through all the voiceover, is this movie a cash grab? In your opinion, Josh, what are you thinking? A cash grab? Or not? I will say that I think that Twilight is a resounding cash grab. I think that this movie... I'm going to let you finish, much like Kanye West. I agree. <laughs> well, so I think what this is and what this what the what the books represent and what this film series represents is just the latest attempt at cashing in on weird teen angst mm-hmm. and, and it's like it's, shooting fish in a barrel. It is. Now, the the thing that separates Twilight from something like John Hughes because you can definitely make the the argument that the teen exploitation films of the of the eighties um, that John Hughes made that they were they were also cashing in on teens and teen angst and all right. these things. But I hate to use the phrase teen exploitation when speaking about most John Hughes movies because they might be starring teens and about teens or people who used to be teens. Yeah, um, thirty year olds, <laughs> right? That look like teenagers or about teens. But it's in a it's about teens in a more real way. Even if it's not realistic, it's yeah. more real. Yeah, and it, Twilight is teen exploitation. It's typically saying something. There's some. There's some that are sort of notwithstanding, but it typically his films would say something about social class mm-hmm. or. Um, I'm thinking Pretty in Pink, you know, and the I'm Breakfast thinking Club. Breakfast Club. Yeah, so uh, like a social class and 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 educational system. It, like there's some there's some underlying message. There's mm-hmm. something good. In Twilight, it just seems like, hey, girl, do you have a feeling that the guy you're with is kind of crazy? Don't even trip, dog. He's just like Edward Cullen, who's the greatest romantic man of all time. Does your boyfriend tell you when and where you can be and who you can hang out with and checks your phone without permission? That's because he loves you. (laughs) (laughs) If only he could read your thoughts like Edward can. Oh, Edward can't. Shit. Let him read your diary then. (laughs) You know, without permission. How hard did he grab your arm? Did he leave finger bruises? Those are love bruises. He loves you, boo. (laughs) <laughs> let him watch you sleep we have been together for 14 years yeah chakra out there people 14 years if you came to me and told me i which the exact quote here if you came to me and said i like watching you sleep it's kind of fascinating to me you'd wake up the next morning and i'd be gone <laughs> <laughs> with no forwarding address and all my legos you can't have those. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's fucking uh, freaky. Yeah. So, so I think, I think here's the thing. Here's here's the like, John Hughes may have made teen exploitation in a way, mm-hmm. but Stephanie Myers and her crew they made teen exploitation that also sent a really really negative and potentially dangerous message. Yeah. To the youth of America. Because physical abuse in a relationship does not start typically with someone hitting you. Right. It starts with them saying stuff like, I need you near me. I need to know what you're doing. If you don't text me where you are at all times, I worry. Like, that's how I called all the hospitals. You weren't in any of them. So don't do that again. Don't do it again. You're my everything. <laughs> 
Yeah. I will die for you. Yeah, it's shit like that. That's how it starts. I also feel that it's a... A cash grab. Yeah, it was... By today's standard, it was a pretty cheaply made movie. $34 million. Yeah. But they knew it was going to make a butt ton of money. Yeah. The books were some of the best-selling books of the year. She had a huge fan base. People were chomping at the bit to give them money for these movies. Right. I, and you could tell that they didn't... Like, they knew it was going to make a lot of money, and they also didn't give a crap about a lot of it. Just like, oh, you see that boom, Mike? Leave it. <laughs> Nev, I said the same line about five times. Fine. <laughs> Don't even try. Yeah. Like, it's just lazy. It's really, yeah, yeah, it's really insulting the intelligence of the audience. However, the fact that this book series was such a runaway hit, I think says something fundamental about the intelligence level of the audience in the first place maybe um but i think it also shows more like when you're when you're of a certain age i don't think your parents give a shit what you read as long as you're reading right so i feel like that's part of it and then there's a huge there was a huge adult female following of these books yeah the, the cat ladies that i was describing yeah. earlier i think it's the same reason there's a huge following of 50 shades of gray because and i'm not saying all women are this shallow of course not not all people are this shallow but edward and mr gray i don't know what his first name is i've never read those books they're super rich and i think that's appealing just to even read the stories of other people's richness I mean, fucking, it's the same reason that Great Gatsby is such a huge hit. Right. And, and honestly, that book sucked. But he's really rich. And it's fun to just live vicariously for a little bit. Like, when people say, what would you do if you win the lottery? I think it's the same kind of idea. It's just fun to think about. I would just like to point out and state for the record that all sweeping comments about womankind um being oh my uh, goodness be, being, i said they were not being sleeping. Sh- shallow and materialistic and vapid those all came from rachel and not from me all you ladies out there you're the best B- better than me i'm saying it josh could you stop <laughs> mansplaining to me my opinions <laughs> also you're spread out a lot over there mansplaining. <laughs> just got the audience back on my side ha <laughs> ha Damn it. <laughs> I should have known to never try to high road a woman. Exactly. What do you think? Are we going to do the rest of these? Can you do it? Can you watch any more of them? Here's the thing. Okay. So I've probably seen Twilight about the same amount that you've had. I've yeah. probably seen it like four times. I possibly. saw, <laughs> we saw New Moon, which is the second one. In the theater. In the theaters with our friend. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he... <laughs> He went with us, and he's a really good friend of ours, and I fell asleep. <laughs> and a, Like you do in a Twilight movie. <laughs> and, I, and there was only one other group of people there, and they knew all the words. The movie had been out for a while. Not that long to know word for word. That's true. That's true. This movie. But I fell asleep, and he wakes me up, our friend, laughing hysterically and he's like Rachel you're snoring so loud (laughs) (laughs) so I might have to give that one a rewatch well here's the thing I've I've seen the first one more than the others but I do vaguely remember the other films and here's the thing (sighs) 
I'm worried about our audience getting fatigued from listening to this kind of shit because frankly, all the other Twilight all I movies, he- all I hear is you trying to sw- swindle your way out of watching any more of K. Stewart having some sort of aneurysm on camera. <laughs> I'm just just concerned for her well being. No, it, it, I just just I, guys. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be really tedious because basically it's the exact same movie over and over with slight plot changes throughout. So what happens in New Moon? Like I don't remember. The Cullens like start to, uh, they, they, they're going to go out of town for a while for her safety, right? And because of that, that's when, because I do want to swindle out of doing the rest of the Twilights because this Just... is painful. Good. I'm glad that you can admit that. But yeah, this was painful. The other ones were going to be more painful. Then um, strap in. Strap into the pain train. <laughs> so I'd rather not do it. Well, we'll see. We'll leave it We'll leave it up in the air. What do you think, Burrito? That's our cat's name, Burrito. He says do it. He says do it. You know, we're going to figure out a way to get Trey back on the air because that's, you know, what the people demand. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. Kill the cat, I guess. But then the dander will still be everywhere, and we'll have a dead cat body to deal with. So, and do you know where a pet cemetery is? <laughs> I know of yeah, I know, I know of a. No, no, no. You know, wink, wink. The, the pet, pet cemetery. cemetery. Yeah, I do. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So twilight. That's a cash grab. To to count. A cash grab. This week. Yeah. And normally I try to find something redeeming, some quality about the movie that's really worth holding up. And uh, that hue of blue will make you real depressed quick. So if you're looking for, you know, just downtime, just a sad moment, there's that. Yeah. Or if you're... Robert Pattinson's jacket. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling a little, uh, if you're feeling a little chilly, you know, pop on one of those uh, Carlisle power scarves. There it is, yeah. You know, I do so it every day. So get that Robert Pattinson coat, get that Carlisle power scarf, get it in blue, and you'll have the three best things about this movie and without even watching it. So that's been another episode of Cash Grab Cinema. Thank I'm you. Rachel. I'm Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure that you follow us on Twitter. At Cash Grab Cinema. Uh, make sure you follow our uh, Instagram. At Cash Grab Cinema. Our, our Snapchat. We don't have that. Um, our WhatsApp. We don't have that. Our, <laughs> our, um, our Alta Vista. No one, no one has that. You can find more information about us on Ask Jeeves. I don't think so. Or Lycos. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be back in a more timely manner for the next episode. But, you know, we'll see. Sporadically yours. <laughs>